Support comes from Adelaide Interiors. Their design team can expertly manage every detail of your renovation and remodeling project from start to finish. From bathrooms to kitchens, appliances, cabinets, countertops, flooring, and coverings. More at Adelaide.com. Support for The Zest comes from People's Gas, delivering clean, efficient, and affordable natural gas for cooking at home with precise temperature control. More at floridasenergy.com. There's a subplot about how Lana's cold brew has stopped tasting really good. So not only is she solving a homicide, but she's also trying to fix the issues with her cold brew. I'm Robin Sessingham, and this is The Zest. Citrus, seafood, Spanish flavor, and Southern charm. We're all about food in Florida. Coming up, hear how a veteran news reporter slash romance writer slash mystery novelist uses her love for coffee to craft her latest work. Florida-based Associated Press news reporter Tamara Lush has covered her share of crime and mayhem in the Sunshine State. Now she brings those skills to writing crime fiction with Florida's brewing coffee scene as a backdrop. Contributor Janet Keeler talks with Tamara, who goes by the pen name Tara Lush, about how her love of intrigue and her coffee obsession inspired Grounds for Murder, the first book in her Coffee Lovers mystery series. They always say you're supposed to write what you know. So tell me what you know about coffee. (laughs) Well, as a journalist, I've drank a lot of coffee over the years. And I love the idea of writing a cozy mystery series set in a coffee shop near the beach. Uh, the, the, The cozy mystery series is set on the fictional Florida island of Devil's Beach, Florida, which is kind of a mashup of I would say Sanibel Island and Anna Maria Island, sort of a small island in the Gulf, but one that has a bustling downtown and a really pretty, really fun coffee shop that's sort of a community hub. And so I wanted the coffee, actually the name of the coffee shop, Purgatory, uh, came to me almost immediately. So I built almost everything around that. And so what do I know about coffee is I drink it. I try not to drink too much of it because it's not really good for my for my system, but uh, personally, but I love coffee. I just, I love, love, love coffee. So Grounds for Murder is the first book in your Coffee Lovers series. And, but you've not, you're not new to writing books. You've written, you've written 15 romance novels in just the last six years. So you've been pretty prolific beside your job as an Associated Press news reporter. Why the switch to mystery from romance? Um, Well, the very first romance that I wrote six years ago, six and a half years ago, um, was actually a romantic suspense. So when I first decided that I wanted to write a fiction novel, I told my best friend that I wanted to write fiction. And she was like, oh, you're going to write crime fiction, right? You're going to write a mystery or a noir or true crime uh, nonfiction book. And I was like, no, I think I'm going to write romance. I've always loved romance. And she was like, why aren't you writing crime? Because as a journalist... I've written about a lot of crime in Florida, obviously, over 20 years. It's hard to be a reporter in Florida without writing about crime in some way. And 
I was like, no, that's a little too close to my day job. But then every, almost every romance book had tinges of crime, tinges of mystery or suspense. And then at, at a certain point uh, in 2019, I decided that I wanted to try to write an actual mystery. I wanted to keep the, a little bit of romance in it, and it does have a little romance in it. It has no sex because it's a cozy mystery and it has no swearing, has no real gore. I also wanted the happy ever after. I love the, the thing about romance is that there is that happy ever after at the end. It's very uplifting. It makes you feel good. And I think now more than ever, it's really essential to have that in genre fiction because we all feel so terrible about things that it's very uplifting to read something happens, a story that ends happily because these days so many things don't end happily. Um, and cozy mystery is like that only instead of a marriage proposal or a relationship coming together, the happy ever after is justice. The crime is always solved in a cozy mystery. And I wanted more justice in my life. I like this idea of the cozy mystery. So that sounds like a very specific genre of mysteries. It is, you know, Agatha Christie is considered cozy mystery. I think some people would call it traditional mystery. It's not noir. It's not hard-boiled. It's not detective fiction. Cozy mysteries are, like I said, no sex, no swearing, no real gore. There's usually a murder, um, but it's not it's described in great detail. There's also an amateur sleuth. That's the other hallmark of a cozy mystery is that it's usually a woman and it's an amateur sleuth. It's not about a police procedural or, you know, a private investigator, although sometimes the cozy is involved private investigators. Um, it's really about an amateur solving a crime. So in your case, your, your amateur sleuth is a barista, correct? She is. She's a barista, uh, but she's a laid-off journalist. She used to work at a newspaper in Miami, and she was laid off, like so many reporters uh, in Florida. And she comes home to her, home, her, to her quirky hometown of Devil's Beach, and her mother had been, when she was young, had been a coffee buyer, and then her mother passed away. And so Lana, the heroine, takes over the family's coffee shop. And her dad still uh, has a hand in running the coffee shop. So you said that you, you like coffee, you drink coffee, you try to restrict your coffee drinking a little bit. I guess it makes you jittery <laughs> like it does me sometimes if I have yes. too much. Um, <laughs> did you do some research about coffee when you, when you embarked on this book? I did, actually. And I did something really fun here in the Tampa Bay area. I participated in the St. Pete Craft Coffee Tour. I was actually on another panel, and I met the owner of the St. Pete Craft Coffee Tour, and he invited me to come along. And it was this wonderful tour, and, and I hope that everybody can go uh, when, when they're able to during this pandemic or after the pandemic is over. Um, the, the tour owner actually takes you to different cafes in St. Pete and explains the wonderful details of each coffee and different blends and different styles of making coffee. And, and it was so informative and just super interesting and, and a really neat way to learn about the community too, to learn about different businesses and to meet different people and you're on this tour. It was actually, we did it in January. My husband and I did this in January prior to the pandemic. And it was actually one of the last sort of things we did in some ways. And I look back on it really fondly. From that coffee tour, what surprised you? What did you learn? The attention to detail that these small local coffee shops take in selecting their beans, 
um, in some cases, and grinding their beans in, in finding the suppliers and then making the coffee. I, I found that that was super interesting. Just the attention to detail and the time that goes into it too, like to make certain kinds of cold brew it takes a long time. It's not like you just slap it together. I thought it was really fascinating. So I'm curious, you know, the name of the book is Grounds for Murder, and, and the book is sort of dripping in coffee talk, all kinds of different phrases. From that tour and your research, did that sort of unlock your mind about words you could use when you're talking about coffee? Absolutely. Absolutely. It really helped. The first book was, is more of an introduction to the characters and the recurring characters, and obviously the crime, and also Purgatory, the coffee shop. The coffee tour and my coffee research actually is helping a lot in writing book two, which is called Cold Brew Corpse. And sort of there's a subplot about how Lana's cold brew has stopped tasting really good. So not only is she solving a homicide, but she's also trying to fix the issues with her cold brew. I had to laugh at some of the some of the fun fun things you had about, you know, Florida in general, even though Devil's Beach is a fictitious town, there sure is a lot of like hashtag Florida man feel in, in certain parts of the book. I, I laughed when I saw this, this headline that the heroine saw in the Devil's Beach Beacon, Florida man finds chicken tender shaped like manatee. Some of those are actually based on real headlines, either that I've written about as a journalist or that actually happened. Yeah, ripped from the headlines. Who, who knew, right? There's just so, <laughs> many, so many fun things you can, you can write about when you're, when you're in Florida. Exactly. There's a lot of books, a lot of mystery series, and there seems to be a number of them based in bakeries and bake shops. I noticed that. Is there any other about coffee? Any other mystery series? There are a few. There's actually one really long running one that's actually set in New York City. And, and one of the other hallmarks of Cozy Mysteries is that it's usually a small town, but not always but the neighborhood or the location is treated like a small town. And author Cleo Coyle writes a coffee series based in New York City and treats that neighborhood that the coffee shop is in uh, like a small town. It's a wonderful, wonderful series. I think there's maybe 17 or 18 books in the series. It, it, the first book is almost 20 years old now. So it's been going on for a while. She, it, wonderful, wonderful books. Yeah, I think that's interesting, the food, the food and mystery, and also, too, the same with romance novels, right? There's, there's a number of those that are based in bakeries or uh, some other kind of food. food absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. It's a fun thing to write about. It's fun to, it's fun to create that world. Um, and I know that, you know, some cozy mysteries also include recipes. I did not in this particular book. I'm thinking about it in, for book two. I know that sometimes people will write about, you know, pie bakers. So they have pie recipes because Lana loves coffee and is so focused on coffee. She's not so focused on the baked goods, but she knows that she has to have them in her, in her coffee shop. So at least in the first two books, she makes baked goods that are five ingredient baked goods. So I'm thinking about including five ingredient baked goods in my second mystery. That's another, um, I guess, just another sort of way to get in readers, right? To have recipes. That's something that some readers like, I guess. Oh, they love it. Readers love it. For my mystery newsletter, I send out my favorite Nutella brownie recipe, which is, you know, like three ingredients. And they love it. They think it's so much fun. What's not to love about a three-ingredient recipe, is, especially if Nutella is one of those ingredients, right? Exactly. Exactly. Tell me about the newsletter. 
So if you go to my website or meet me or, or see my posts on social media, you can sign up for my newsletter and I will send you a free novella that is actually set on Devil's Beach. It's a set in the same world, but with different characters. And it's about a woman who runs an ice cream truck and solves a murder. And so you can sign up for that. And I send it about once a month and I will tell you about different books that I'm reading and give you a recipe and, you know, just sort of talk about what's going on with my work too. Oh, how fun. We'll have to have to definitely look into that. So you, you've been blessed with having possibly the best name that a romance novel novelist could ever have. And your last name is Lush. Your real last name is Lush. Yes. So your first name is Tamara, but for the mystery series, you're writing under the name Tara. Why the switch? I think because the publisher and I wanted to differentiate the mysteries from the romance novels, especially when it comes to Amazon, the algorithm and the also bots are really important. So we want mystery readers to buy the mystery books because honestly, a lot of the cozy mystery readers or mystery readers aren't interested in having sex in their books and aren't interested in the heavy romance. And if they saw that the rest of my catalog was you know, romance and erotic romance, because under my real name, I've written a fair bit of erotic romance, was in Best Women's Erotica, a completely different direction. I didn't want to turn readers off and have them think that there might be something they didn't want in the mysteries, because the mysteries are very tame. They're very, they're very sweet. There's not even a kiss in the first book. So I don't want one group to, one group of readers to think that certain things are in the mystery. You know, that's interesting, too. And I think as a, as a journalist, you've written so many different kinds of stories, uh, news stories and feature stories over the years that you could probably pretty easily adapt to a different style. I think so. You know, the thing with Cozy Mystery is, is that oftentimes, not always, but oftentimes the voice is very, is in first person point of view, it's almost like a chick lit. It's a chick lit voice, women's fiction chick lit, but with solving a murder, obviously. And I think that that kind of overlaps, like I said, with women's fiction, but also with romance, because with romance now, a lot of romance is written in first person, especially if it's written in first person, present tense. And I think that there's sort of this blending of the romance and chick lit and women's fiction genres, um, because so much of romance is obviously about the central romance between one character and another character. But it's also sometimes just about a woman's journey and a woman's exploration of love, sex, life, career. You know, the good romances are about something other than the relationship. And it often, I, I think it bleeds into women's fiction and this and exploration. And I, I think that cozy mysteries sometimes do too. Yeah. All set in a co- in a coffee shop too, on top of it, right? Exactly. So as you did the research and you, you know, you say you like your coffee, but did you learn anything about the Florida coffee scene or specifically the Tampa Bay area coffee scene? Well, I learned that in, in St. Pete, oh, the St. Pete coffee tour, I believe also does tours in Tampa, but the tour I took was in St. Pete. I learned that sadly, pre-pandemic, the coffee scene was thriving in St. Pete. There were, there are so many coffee shops I, that I didn't know of and that I was hoping to try all year. I was hoping to go to all of them all year. And, you know, that's one of the things that I love is, working from a coffee shop and writing fiction from a coffee shop. I guess I wasn't aware at how thriving the scene was and how, how much people clamor for coffee in different kinds of places. There's a bunch of wonderful coffee shops here. What is it about writing in a coffee shop that is so 
seductive and inviting? I, I don't know, but it is. I even have an app on my phone that pipes in noise from a Paris coffee shop. It's like, you know, recorded noise from a coffee. It's, it's called Coffivity. I think I'm saying it right. And so it's just, it just is like Paris coffee shop and it's the background noise of a coffee shop. And there's something about it that when I would get stuck on a scene or even when I was writing, you know, when I'm writing journalism, but prior to the pandemic, if I would get stuck writing a scene or stuck in a book in a certain place, I would go to a different coffee shop and sit and it would always get me out of whatever block I was in. I can't explain it. Maybe it's the aroma of the coffee. Maybe it's the background noise. I'm just not sure, but there's something about being in a public place with other people and working that for me gets me out of my head and into the story. That's very inspiring to think about that, you know, to think about that communal idea of writing. You know, we've talked about coffee and a little bit about how to make it and the aroma and everything. But when you're in a coffee shop writing, do you people watch? I mean, do you, do you get inspiration from the people that are in there drinking coffee? Sometimes. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I love to eavesdrop on conversations and, you know, if I'm writing a secondary character, I can look up and there's somebody new there, not just my husband or my dogs. And I can look up and see different people doing different things with their mannerisms and their dress. Um, but it's also just about getting lost in, a, in your brain in a public place. There's something about a communal place and you're doing your own thing, but you're still around other people that you can feed off their energy, I think. And I found that very inspiring. And I think that fiction-wise, I think that that is something I miss and grieve a lot from the pandemic. Yeah, that is something, right, that we just keep, I keep thinking, we've got to get back to that, right, to be just able to, you know, give people a hug and hang out somewhere. And it's getting a little frightening, you know, thinking about when that's going to happen. And to be able to walk into a place and put your computer down and grab a coffee and just sit there without fear, that is going to be the biggest thing for me. Yeah, I, I agree. You mentioned your husband, and the, I, I know your husband's Italian, and there's a, there's a wonderfully handsome Italian guy in this book. Is this based on your husband? <laughs> He's the victim in the book, so no, he is not. I would say that my husband is more in the vein of my first romance book where the first hero was Italian. Oh, that's great. That's great. He's much more romantic. The, the guy in the coffee shop, he, he becomes the victim and he's a lot of his employee. So. I didn't know if that was subliminal. <laughs> no. So uh, we're talking this on, a, on a Sunday morning here. It's a little bit drizzly outside. Are you drinking coffee now? Actually, I'm drinking green tea. Ah, okay. Maybe, maybe that's going to be fodder for another mystery series, right? The green tea. It might be. Sales. It might be. In the second book, there is, they, they do drink green, green tea at one point because there's a yoga-themed homicide. So that's kind of a running joke is that some of the people don't drink coffee and Lana is very, very unsettled by that fact. Oh, so she's, she's got to get to that point, all things to all people, right? When they're coffee yes. shop. Yes. So this is the first book and this is out in December, early December. Yes. And you have two more in the series. I'm writing the second one right now and that's due in January. There was a point pre-pandemic, that I was really prolific. But between the pandemic and my job as a journalist, I'm not as prolific this year. So the only, my only focus has been the second book in the series called Blue Corpse. And then I'll be pitching um, other books in the series. I, I don't know how long the series will be. Hopefully it will be long. Um, I'm hoping, I have many ideas for, you know, Lana's 
crime solving crime solving career. I, I also have another idea for a historical cozy mystery that I'm tossing around, a completely separate series that I'm, I'm thinking about for the future. I guess once you get involved in this, once you start doing this, the ideas just come. They do. I have a list much, you know, like when you're a reporter, you have a list of ideas that you want to get to. Obviously not now because there's so many ideas. It's, there's too many ideas for news now, but yeah, I have a list. I just keep a running list of, of book ideas. So just to get back to coffee a little bit in the book, what's Lana's favorite coffee? Hmm. Lana's favorite coffee probably would be I think, well, in book two, definitely the cold brew. But in book one, I would say her new favorite coffee is a rosemary-infused coffee that was actually inspired by a coffee at Bandit here in St. Pete. It's a rosemary latte. And it's coffee with a hint of rosemary. I guess it's, I guess it's rosemary oil, but there's a little rosemary sprig. But it's coffee, and it has a little hint, like a whisper of rosemary fragrance and taste in the coffee. And it's amazing. I love rosemary. And I know Bandit does a lot of floral and herbal kind mm-hmm. of things. Sometimes they have in their, they float these amazing little yes. of things, dried, dried herbs and uh, or yes. flowers on top of their coffee. And it's just, it's really just beautiful. It's almost like you just sit there and look at it for a while. Yeah, this, I, I think it, I think it's a rosemary floral latte. I think there is some flower in it, but it, there definitely is this like definite, rosemary taste in it that's beautiful the other coffee that i think she would love although it's a little sweet for lana's taste i happen to love it but i think she would like kawa has an aloha latte have you tried that Uh -uh. That sounds good i'm vegan so i get it with coconut milk but it's a coconut and macadamia nut latte Mm. and, and they put a little umbrella in it it's so good it's an aloha latte i love it I'll have to check that out next time I go there. There's so much creativity, isn't there, in the mm-hmm. coffee world? There is. There really is. And I, I love doing research on what different coffee shops are doing. And so I can put in little details. Like I found one coffee shop that was putting tiny edible flowers in ice cubes and then putting those in the coffee. Oh, wow. For, you know, just for beauty's sake. And I put that in book two because I just thought it was beautiful. Yeah, so now there's all this creativity in coffee, and now we've got a little mystery, thanks to Tara Lush and the Coffee Lover series. I'm really looking forward to the, the book coming out in December. I wish you had a ton of luck with it. I think it's fantastic that you sort of figured out a way to put Florida and coffee into an entire mystery series. That's really exciting. I appreciate you taking the time to talk to us, and again, wish you a lot of luck on this, on this new book. And now i got to go have a cup of coffee. I do too. Thank you. That was The Zest contributor Janet Keeler speaking to writer Tamara Lush. Thanks so much for listening. I'm Robin Sessingham. Delia Colon and I produce The Zest with help from Cheyenne Jaglal and Mark Hayes. Copyright 2020, WUSF Public Media, University of South Florida.